Oh, it's Tuesday. We're getting there already. Now, let's get it going. 35 seconds. Are you job seeking at the moment? Are you fed up of all those crappy websites? Oh, I promised I wouldn't swear on LinkedIn. Okay, no more swearing. But you know what I mean? If you're job seeking, it's stressful. It's a nightmare. I know that. I've been there too. I was part one and part two. We don't like job seeking. Why is it so difficult? Anyways, we're going to talk about it in 15 seconds. Get your pret sandwich, put it to one side. Start taking that mouthful, pay attention. Got some juicy tips. And three, two, one. Hello everyone and welcome to a Tuesday live stream special. I got a bit excited there and I promise you I will calm down in a bit, but this topic is close to my heart. You know, I've been a job seeker. I, I still do recruitment. And as well as that, I've been the hiring manager as well. And what we can all agree on is that job seeking is incredibly stressful. So on that note, I have a fantastic guest with me today, uh, Eileen Rounds from Arc Jobs. Eileen, welcome to the stage. I'll do the, the virtual round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Right. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're here. Now, if anyone's asking, well, Steve, you're, you've got a recruitment website and you've got a job board. Why are you talking with another architecture job board? Well, I think that there's a bigger agenda than just me and just Eileen here. The reality is architecture job seeking is stressful. It's difficult. And if you've ever been looking on these recruitment websites or job boards, chances are it's a bit, it's quite difficult. So on that note, before we go into that topic further, because I told you I've got my rant bell ready and I love to talk about this, but Eileen, tell us all about yourself. Tell us all about Arc Jobs, first of all. Yeah, so um, I'm basically I'm the founder of Arc Jobs, and which is a curated job board which um, solely focuses on architectural jobs across the UK. And we've launched the website around two months ago. And all the jobs are handpicked and we pick out keywords and we've got all the highlights as well. So people don't have to go through software architect positions or anything IT related. So everything on there is good to go. And yeah, go. that's one of the jobs. So you've got the top bit and then you've got all the highlights as well, because I think it can be really difficult for job seekers just to see the keywords and what's actually required. So, and then if you would click apply now, then you can see that we list the um, keywords as well on the bottom. So ah, those are the smart. things people can use or should use when applying. So they hopefully stand out from the crowd. There you go. It's almost like you've seen a bit of this behind the scenes from recruitment, which is helps the roommate. <laughs> Everyone is talking about keywords, but I don't really think a lot of people actually know which keywords to look for. Um, and then before Arc Jobs, I used to be a senior recruitment consultant within BE as well. So it's my bread and butter, something I feel very comfortable and I'm yeah. obviously interested as well talking about. So I've done that over two and a half years. And yeah, so all, a lot of architecture over the last few years, which I absolutely love. So yeah, I'm really happy. 
I love it. And so we will talk more about and we will bring up Archops website in a bit again. And everyone should check out archjobs.co.uk. This is not a sponsored post. It's just because I actually really <laughs> like this job board, right? I think it's really useful. Well, I think it really helps that when a job board is actually designed by someone that's worked in recruitment or has mm. spoken to candidates, candidates is kind of like the the word. It sounds like Alan Sugar in The Apprentice, but candidates is the word that the job market uses for job seekers. And then mm. client is the word that is used for um, employers. But really, that's part of the brief of the architecture social as well. It's like, how do you get that conversation between candidates and clients or job seekers and employers? Because it's really, really important. And I think the more people like yourself who tackle this problem, the better it will get. So let's move aside the architecture social and let's move aside arc uk for a second, right? So if, the, if these didn't exist before, what have we got in the space now i know me and you were wondering before do we save the companies and so forth but there's a few i would say i think about especially like five to ten years ago what was really popular was the architectural magazines eileen you know it was the common architectural magazines they had the print and then they had the job board function and a big part of it was like getting the ads out in the newspaper i don't own the journal but i don't think that works anymore i don't think anyone's looking at those um they may be looking at the website do they look at the job boards i'm not so sure i mean what's your experience with the current options out there eileen i think if you're looking at one of those major <clears throat> like indeed for example <laughs> if i'm allowed to say other names but yeah. Like the more common ones, it is just really difficult to filter through the right criteria. It's like um, if you search even just architect in the in the filter, then you get anything from software architect to IT to anything pretty much IT related. And the salaries are so much higher, unfortunately, than mm. architects. And then you get like really odd numbers and saying like, oh, average salary should be 60 grand, which would be lovely for most of us, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's just, uh, and then I think another problem is that you don't know if the jobs are still live because a lot of job boards just take jobs from other websites. So again, people aren't really sure if, if it's still worth applying to them as well. And I think you just have a lot of problems with, um, Odd, um, you know, where it's just slightly misleading, where you just don't yeah. know what they actually want. So, because everyone is writing their own job briefs, and I think you know yourself that it's really difficult. I think for companies to write like a really solid job description as well. Either yeah. they're too long, too short, like a one sentence. We're looking for an architect. Are you interested? Apply. <laughs> just like, what do you guys offer? You know, or or the arrangements. So it can be really confusing. And I think a lot of people are a bit like, mm, I'm not really sure if I'm going to go for for this. Or um, a lot of jobs are just advertised by recruitment agencies and they are not sure if they've already applied to that one. So I think people just are a bit more cautious these days just to go via the more common job boards as well. 
Yeah, fair, fair enough. I think like um, LinkedIn, I quite like at the moment out of the mall. However, I know what you were alluding to, like the indeeds of the world. And, and it's mm. true, isn't it? That I, I think like Glassdoor, for instance, has a function of weighing up architecture salaries. And you're right, mm. the predictors usually weigh off because you, you're right, the moment you put like a data architect in there or a solutions architect, which isn't an architect. And hey, we can have a subject on that because I know there's a few good yeah. architects on LinkedIn who get really wound up about that. And I can understand if you've done it for seven years, you know, you know solutions architect is not technically a legal architect. But that aside, the, the, those kind of big job boards, they don't necessarily cater for the, the niche, you know. Mm. And there are a few websites in the niche, but you're right as well. There's also a lot of architectural recruitment websites in the niche. And there's also a lot of architectural recruitment companies which use the job boards. But to loop it around to what you said, and I think that's really important um, to mention. So if there's any uh, employers listening, most job descriptions that are written are quite bad. And chances are your job descriptions are quite bad too. And I'm really sorry to break that bubble to you. Eileen's laughing in the corner there. However, they typically are because um, most uh, ads that, in my experience, are written are very top down. So, what do I mean by top down? They mean I am so a Stephen Drew Architecture Practice. We are award winning, yada yada yada, and we are looking for someone with ten years experience, five years revit, this and this and that. Must have this, must have that, must apply by this date, must have ten megabytes, must also tell us a, a joke or something like that. And you get all this crazy stuff. And by the end, it's like, oh, I don't even want to work there. You got to excite people, especially right now where there's a shortage of really good people. Right. And that's actually a really good thing. Maybe in the future, the market will have changed the job market. And that's slang for, you know, all these jobs online. But right now, there's a shortage of people, isn't there, Eileen? So actually, people have the upper hand right now. They don't have to put, um, mm. uh, put up with all these, you know, rubbishy job boards and all this stuff. Um, but I think people still get lost in the process. So mini rant over, and I'll allow a bit of air for you to get in there. I mean, what's what's your thoughts on Eileen on everything I've said? I think you're definitely right. So over the last two months now, um, I've probably read over five to six hundred jobs, job descriptions, and mm. um, a lot of a lot of them don't mention salaries, which is always a big big like, deal breaker because you might find the perfect candidate go through all the stages, interview stages, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, we offer you that much money. Then all of a sudden it's like, no, that's far too low. I can't do it. And then everyone yeah. wasted so much time. It's just incredible. So the more transparency you can provide, go ahead and do it. You don't have to say everything, but at least list a couple of benefits, you know, um, and don't just say we offer 20 days holiday because that's basic. Like don't, don't say it's a benefit. <laughs> so I think it's just knowing what, what people want. And I've done um, some research as well. Like <clears throat> um, the G, uh, Gen Z generation, they want a lot more flexibility and um, they want more holiday allowance pension as well. So I think we need to cater in those job descriptions as well um, yeah. and target on those things as well. Whereas, um, others want more family time, so flexibility, working from home, um, again, more holiday as well. So I think people need to think about who I'm trying to attract and what do they want. So 
Yeah, mm. and salary is always a big, big problem. So it would be amazing to have that or even if people are open to part-time workers as well because I'm sure that would open up to a lot more um, applications. Yeah, fair enough. I tell you what, you can critique my website in a little bit of what works and what doesn't as well. And I'll tell you what I like about Ankh Jobs. But before we move on to that, you touched upon very poignant points at the moment. And I think salary, especially in the time of recording this, that's what, like, mm. oh, I can't even remember now. It's like November, November the 8th, um, 2022. At the time of this, I think we've seen some stuff come online. You've got mm. the, the, I think it's called, what, the 100 pay at the moment. And uh, 100 pay is talking about, like, the list of architecture salaries behind the the scenes in architecture practice, what people are on and stuff. And I really do understand at the moment the, the desire to put uh, salaries on vacancies i totally get it there's nothing more frustrating than going down the process and realizing that your the company wants to make you an offer 10 grand or five grand less than you're on yeah. waste of everyone's time totally the my sarcasm bell would come out so that's a waste of time on the other hand i can see where maybe if you're a smaller architecture practice and you have a lot of good benefits and you really do care about your work but maybe because of the sector you're in and the size of the company mm. maybe you can't compete with an architecture juggernaut so it is like it is a can of worms I do understand at the same time, though, a job seeker's frustration because they've kind of been tossed around so much, Eileen, in between and mm. time wasted and stuff. I'm, I'm sure you don't have the answer because we're all working it out. But what's your thoughts currently on, on, on salary transparency in jobs? I think it is really important to be transparent, especially if um, companies ask for what are your salary expectations, let us know in the cover letter. I think it goes, it's, it's two-way street because I, I feel like people might worry that they say like a number which is too high and then they might not get an interview or mm. something. So I think it's a bit of a, it's a tricky one. Um I understand that not everyone wants to be very transparent um, salaries because it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, it <laughs> is. At least provide benefits, at least provide something which is interesting, you know, and then you can back yourself up as well as a company. And um, yeah, but again, it's, it's a tough one. I feel like there might not be a right or wrong answer just yet, but if you don't provide salary, then you need to be transparent during the first couple of stages, obviously with the interview stages as well. So you're all on the same page. Yeah, fair enough. And so for anyone watching the video here, this is not a website that me and Eileen are involved in, but it's heavily in the news at the moment. I think it's a good talking point, which is the pay 100. So I think everyone should check that out and, and weigh your opinions on it. I do think it's, it's definitely got the conversation going um but you know i can i can see both sides of the arguments i think we were talking before eileen isn't it well i think one or two employers at the moment are kind of talking about the the, the salaries and the accuracy but at the same time i do think that it's really important that people are looking at this stuff so i'm gonna leave um i'm gonna leave the link here for anyone to look at it and it will be interesting to see how this website goes. Will it like, will it struggle under pressure from the juggernauts of the industry or will it survive and grow and become the de facto website? I mean, who knows really, it could go either way. I mean, what do you think, Eileen? I think the idea is really good. 
And I think it would be good just to bring that focus back onto the salaries because I do think they're very low and um, it would be mm. really good to boost them. I would also, what I would like to see is more data points. Um, yeah. because I think at the moment it can be quite easy yeah, just okay. to say, or someone is paying like that low or that high, but then there yeah. are a lot more factors, like maybe they've got multiple offices and they've only got one office in London and all the other ones are in the north, northwest, because that will make such a big um, difference as well. It would be good to know um, how many people submitted yeah. um, salary as well from a particular company. So I think, as you can see, I think the idea is really good. I think it just needs a lot more data so people can generally understand a lot more. And, yeah, but I'm just all about data. So I, I love having data. But at the same time, I need to know a little bit more in order to make my own decision or, you know, yeah, just yeah. to think if it's good or bad. But no, I do like the idea, though, 100%. And I hope um, they get a lot more um, data points in or more people supplying their details fair enough well there you go so if for any of the audio listeners maybe not seen the video um this is the the pay 100.org and that is right now a architecture salary advocate website so that's where i think it's important to mention again not sponsored we just we just we just we just we just, we just going for it all today which is it's 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 my area i love it anyways okay i promise i'll move on why that's important <laughs> is salary transparency so there is that but i think bringing it back right so we're going to park the controversial bit of salaries for the site where i think the other bit that's really important is culture right we know that architecture is not the highest paid just uh profession it just isn't okay and i think that bearing that in mind more than ever especially after the pandemic i think it's a lot of it is about what kind of company do i want to work in okay so i'll tell you what i've been doing on the architecture social quickly and then i'll show i'll tell you what i love what you're doing on our jobs and maybe together we, we will i don't know pick up a few juicy nuggets from each other and it'll <laughs> just like turn into one juggernaut but what where um, my idea comes from it because i love what you're doing now with the architecture social i'm just gonna bring it up part of it's a directory okay so it's less job book centric because we do too many stuff which is like my blessing and burden you know i've confessed to you i'm running around but the core idea of it was a directory and so blue peter style here's one that i did earlier right because i last year did about one year inside an Ackroyd lowry okay so in this directory you've got all these feeds and so what i'm trying to do is so and the architecture social companies can post their culture they can post their projects they can post jobs as well but it's talking about the description what it's like to work there what sectors are there so there you see data i thought you'd appreciate that was software mm -hmm. the location culture any episodes podcasts if they were on the podcast they can go and the article and blogs as well and what i've added recently but i need to update this is hybrid working because that's a big thing right so do people do hybrid work or not so i'll go in the back end after this and i'll add it why i mention this though 
is because you're doing similar things. Let me get up my ad here now in the arc jobs. You showed me a job earlier and here you're highlighting pensions, bike to work schemes, budget, social events. So I feel like we're coming at it this in the same angle. Basically, we need to unpack the cultural practices because that's what's important. However, back to the critique, do I pass or fail? I do like it, 100%. Yes. I do like it, yeah. Because Good. people are really into as well, just not not knowing what the job is, but who's actually behind it. <clears throat> and in every job brief, you read like, oh, we're a fun environment or friendly team. I mean, it is stressful, isn't it, being an architect? You know, it's a, yeah. a deadlines and everything. So I, w I would hope you've got a good team and a friendly <laughs> working environment, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 fully, I fully agree. Well, thank you. I passed, I've passed the test. Have I got some victory music here? I don't really know. There we go. Just a bit of pass the test vibe, you know? Here we go. Can you hear it? I can't know if we can hear it I or can, not. yeah. There we go. There you go. I, I couldn't hear it. Damn. I couldn't enjoy the music. So what was the main reasons behind you picking these criterias? Have you found so far as well, when you're starting to do these, are there a few things that companies do a lot of, like the bike to work, ride to work scheme? Are there a few things as well that are unconventional that you've seen in the highlights, which are quite cool in architecture practices? I think that it really depends like how much information companies post on their jobs as well, because sometimes on the job brief, you can't really find out a lot about a company. And then I'll go onto the, on, on the website as well and have a quick look through it, see if I find anything else. Yeah. Um, but I think there are definitely some companies who do a right, you know, they've got life insurance, private medical income protection, um, enhanced parental schemes and all these extras that they are proper benefits not just as i said earlier like 20 days holiday or plus eight days bank holidays like don't know it's just no point of even mentioning that one i think if you really? don't have great is benefits the, is, then is the fruit bowl not that. good enough anymore eileen no and, no and the cookie the chocolate cookie was the best one so far oh really <laughs> Yeah, that was. I wasn't sure if they were joking or not. So <clears throat> maybe I hope it was a joke. I really hope so. You hope it um, was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the highlights. Um, um, I'm mentioning like unique selling points. You know, with anything benefit related, or if they could work on international projects as well. Um, then I mentioned sector software um, experience as well. Um, yeah. working style and ideally salary which can be hit and miss really yeah. um but i think working style is really important so if they do flexible perfect if they if you can start a little bit late or earlier you know drop off those kids from school or um go to the doctors perfect hybrid as well i think that's really good um i am quite I think I see less and less that people can just work from home, obviously like full time. I think that just doesn't mm. work anymore because you are, you need to be like in an 
uh, creative environment. You know, you've got all the juniors starting as well. They need that support, the mentorship. So um, I think it is really good just to have people going back into the office like three times uh, a week. And I hope people aren't going to be like, don't say that. <laughs> I just want to work from home. But I think you need to be surrounded by creative, uh, by your colleagues as well and solve problems that way. Because I think what a lot of um, job um, or companies look for is by strong communication skills and problem solving mm. skills. And I think you can only learn that when you're in that environment. So Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I think um, so it's quite interesting, isn't it? So while the architecture social is there, and of course you should check out the architecture social as well as arcjobs.co.uk, I think that I want to talk in a bit about some job job seekers tips but maybe what we can rule here as well that in the current climate a lot of this is influenced by architecture practices and i think you're right that they are, i think that nine out of ten architecture practices that i meet they're un, they were unaware that actually as you said talking about these highlights talking about these perks talking about mm. flexible working and, and the kind of environment and support that they give pictures of the office stuff like that the more transparent you are of the culture, and maybe that's mm. a step that's a bit easier than talking about salaries. But I think the more um, the more transparent about you are about the culture, the more likely you are to get applications, especially in a job seekers market where there's less job seekers, right? Mm. So, uh, would you agree on that before we talk yeah. about candidates? Yeah, I definitely agree on that, especially if you're a smaller praxis and you don't have like one of those age of 100 websites, you know, where you've got a whole team looking after your website and keeping that one up to date. It can be really difficult to show people what the work culture is. So I think you you just need to take that time, just write a good job description, include the stuff you, you're good at as well and what the benefits are. So, um, yeah, just definitely. So definitely agree yeah. on that point. Good, good. So I know that as well, You, when you were making art jobs, you had a few, um, I don't know if you've got them there right now, but I'd love to hear you. I think you posted on Reddit and was like, look, I'm, I'm looking for feedback. Can everyone tell us what they like and what they don't like about the job seeking search? So was a lot of that what we covered just now or was there anything else that popped up, Eileen? Um, I think we've already covered quite a lot. I think it was just like people weren't really sure um, if the jobs were still alive or okay. some of the job descriptions were just too long or once you click on them, then you have to go and upload all of the jobs, uh, all of your details again, or it's just far too long. Like some hmm. of those things as well. But um, yeah, I think for architecture people, it's more about the search filters that they're aren't great and you just waste so much time of um, yeah. just going through software jobs yeah fair, fair <laughs> enough so i mean yeah it, it is true it's true i think if anyone's made it to this halfway point so we kind of talked about what we see out there generally there's a lot of rubbishy websites if i'm allowed to say that and then it can fatigue you in the job seeking search so maybe what we can do now for those that have made it halfway eileen is that we can both give some of our top tips on what to currently do at the moment apart from checking out our websites so apart from that 
you know, apart from obviously checking out our websites, what else could you do? So let me tell you what I normally advise people to do. I think, especially if you're early in your architecture career search, especially if you're a graduate, I always say that you shouldn't waste a lot of energy speaking to recruiters. They're probably going to be better later in your career when you started working out which way you want to go when you start specializing in a commercial sector of what one way or another whether it's residential or hotels whatever right people get shocked by that all the time and that's why i set up the architecture social because recruiters are briefed to find specific things and that's how they make a return on their investment in time right and and what i find is that you get a lot of awesome graduates that call up a recruiter and you might get like one or two minutes of information because they're busy that's why i set up the architecture social to do all this content so what i say to people first thing is if you're a graduate you need to find direct applications and you can use some job boards however design is the example i use because it's the most popular it's a victim of its own success in that way whereas i think if you got an architectural assistant part one job on design everyone and their mother will apply to it pretty much right so the competition's harder so you're yeah. leveling that competition a bit because you're what you do with your website right now is that you you find all these architecture practices um but let's pretend um let's move your website aside for a second i always said to people is that it's a bit traumatic but the best way to go about the search eileen was to go through the reaper list of like three thousand companies in the uk click on everyone's website and send applications whether or not a job's there so that's my approach when you're a graduate is volume okay and further in your career i think is okay you can speak to a good recruitment consultant or you do a curated search yourself of a few particular companies which interest you it's your sector and so on uh, do you want to expand or add or agree to anything i've, I've suggested there maybe there's the graduate and maybe there's the post part three you know yeah i think you're definitely right by um don't contact recruitment agencies. It's very unlikely that they'll be able to help you, <clears throat> unfortunately. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a shame, though, isn't it? Because you you come across some really cracking candidates and you just know that they'll be much better off just sending their applications themselves. Um, mm. I always think that quantity is important i think especially if you're at that stage but also quality so mm. make sure your cv is good you know it's you've got a good portfolio i don't think sending a link to your portfolio is a good idea i think you should have uh, a PDF, um, pdf file and always have like a sample portfolio and then your full portfolio as well so send the smaller one with your cv um but yeah, I always think like, just do your research. If they ask for a cover letter, I know not a lot of people aren't keen on them. Write a cover letter. People will know straight away if it's a generic one, like, hi, I've just seen your job, love it. You know, don't do that. Just probably don't write one at all. <laughs> if, you, if you just do one of those generic ones. Um, but yeah, just kind of think about what you want. Do you think you want to approach a larger company or do you think you would want to work for smaller praxis? Um, there are obviously pros and cons for both of them. Um, I think it also depends on your personality type. 
um, what you're after. Mm. So, um, yeah, I do think quality is quite important, but make sure that your CV is good. That's just my main thing because it all starts with a good CV because if they don't like it, then they won't spend any more time on that one, like the um, the hiring manager, for example. So make sure you got that one right. Yeah, fair enough. Actually, I should bring it up because on my website, you've actually written two guest posts for me at the moment. Woo-hoo! So we'll bring them up in the background, but you actually do go through it really well. So I'll bring that up here. You can check out um, these on the Architecture Social, but they're really good. And so I've written a few in this area as well. It's always good to get two perspectives because mm. sometimes the courses overlap, but you say some stuff I wouldn't have thought up and vice versa, especially like covering letters, okay? I personally controversial. I don't think I don't I don't think anyone needs a covering letter because I think mm-hmm. that um, a succinct email is effectively a covering letter in the modern world. Having said that, Eileen, some employers I know swear by them, and others yeah. don't care. So it it, it 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 there's sometimes I think there's no one size fits all. Um, mm. What I would say is, and you laughed out probably on my tombstone now will be the words, um, how many um, pages should be in my portfolio, Stephen? Right. Because I always get asked that and I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, it could be sample portfolio, 10, 15, but there's no hard set rule, right? It either flows or it doesn't. Uh, but anyways, so you did an article the other day for me on how to prepare for an architecture job interview, and we people can check that out in a bit. But in terms of the search right now, to get those interviews, optimizing it, you should check out this link, and I'll put it here where Eileen's awesome link is, when it links back to her website as well, you know. So all that's on the architecture social in the advice section, so you can check out Eileen's advice as well but let's bring it back for a second so what was I talking about job seeking right okay so I think as well this is my opinion right you should always you should have if I was a part one right now I would get the five to ten companies that I really admire and I would curate them because I know some people really want to and I think Good to get that out of your system. And then I would do everyone, which is a uh, more of a generic approach and just whack it out to all the companies because then you've got your the ones you aspire to, the Heather Wicks, whatever, whoever you want to work for, whoever you looked up to, and then you've got the bulk. And as a, if I was a gambling man, I'm not really much of a gambling man, but if I was, chances are I reckon you probably get a job out of the um, the, the 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 bulk that you didn't consider. So if a really good quick example is I got my part one job at EPR Architects and 10, 15 years ago, they had a good reputation, but they were more commercial orientated than especially they are today. I think the design's gone up because it's been 15 years, right? And I just sent my application out in all the pile of CVs out there on i didn't know much about them and then but obviously when i got the interview i started getting excited and stuff and the point is uh, if it, i if when i graduated i i never thought oh i'm going to send my cv specifically to epr it was in the list and it was a happy accident and what i find as well is that like you said sometimes people they they see the dream website they see the dream job right and then they go for the interview and go i didn't like it i didn't mm. like the hiring manager and then this one with 
not maybe not the best website maybe they don't explain all the stuff we were talking about they don't explain the flexible work and the good stuff they do the office job because the website could do a bit of work but then you go and it's awesome so i think it helps to keep especially if you're a grad an open mind when you're going into these things what, what do you think I think networking would be really useful as well. And mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are quite shy about it. And um, I think I've seen quite a lot of new um, LinkedIn profiles and they're very bare, like there's not much going on. So it's not going to help you. So that's another reason why I wrote one the other day, an article on how to, you know, just like judge it up a little bit. So it actually looks like a good profile. Um, and... I think it can be quite daunting, isn't it? Because you're in that bubble and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need a job now. And then I'm open-minded to everything, you know, but I think if you kind of know maybe what you want, what you're after, then you can narrow it down a little bit. And then again, just go down that bit of a quality <laughs> route, you know, where you've just got an idea kind of what, what you want, you know, and just talk to people as well, see what they what they um where they worked as well or i don't know would you think you would you recommend while you're still studying just that you keep an eye out on projects or companies and you start following them online and just you know because when you interact with these companies they will kind of remember your name as well they will like yeah. oh, okay like steven he he's like quite into our projects as well and he actually sent us his cv as well you know it's like do you think that would help at all? Yeah, I think it can't hurt. I mean, there's no mm. guarantees, but it's like you've. I hate the expression, but it's also true. Sometimes you've got to be in it to win it, right? So it's like yeah. if, if, for instance, I attended a talk where you were presenting, Eileen, and then, for instance, maybe I said I really enjoyed that. We met each other briefly. Mm. Maybe in six months' time, when I'm looking for a job, I went, "Hi, Eileen. It's it's Steve, who was at your conference um, before, just following up. And here's my CV and portfolio. I'm looking for a job right now. And you might go, "Oh, yeah." I remember that loud Welsh guy and then you go oh he was all he seemed all right we'll get him in and that can be the difference and also yeah. life is full of um uh what's the word I'm looking for like variables so I always find it funny right where I I did a a talk once and it was for this famous BIM manager or BIM leader or whatever and I was on this clubhouse last year really nice guy um set up architect right and he was he works at big and they're saying that at big they have their internal recruitment system and all this stuff and the candidate sends their cv through here and it goes through these hoodles and i said to him listen if i sent you my cv direct to you are you saying you wouldn't open it up? He's like, oh, of course I'd have a look at it. And I said, right, okay. So on that basis, if you opened it up and you like what you've seen, would you invite me for an interview? Of course I would. So I just I just shortcut the whole politics, the system, and everything at this company. And, and I find it amazing. I don't know whether it's a British thing or what, but when we go like job seeking, we start like taking on all these extra requests and then reasonable stuff just because it's the way it is you know put your passport number in oh really i didn't know i should do that and suddenly you're doing it right and i think that you follow this procedure whereas in life you can take massive shortcuts which are not rude they're situational so if for example back to your analogy i knew that bin manager because i went to 
I don't know, a grasshopper convention or a dynamo enthusiasts forum, whatever, right? And he was there, and then I dropped him a CV. I shortcut the whole system. And nine times or ten times, maybe the HR person is slightly annoyed, but they will go, ah, okay, and then you're in. I mean, what, what, do, what do you think about that? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I think HR would absolutely hate that. They that would. Approach. They'll be like, no, through our website, which is fair enough. You know, they've got, it's a lot of work, especially bigger the company. At least you can gather all the CVs and put them all through the, you know, steps. Um, but I think it's just so important because if you, if you, it can be quite difficult if you're like an introvert, for example, like going out to events is already quite tricky and then talking to someone as well. It can yeah. be really daunting. But I think just get yourself out of there, out of your comfort zone a little bit because not a lot of people will do it. So you will already stand out quite a lot. And um, I think what most hiring managers look for in junior people as well is like, they want you to be proactive. I read that over and over again, like part one, part two is like be proactive, you know, show interest. They don't expect you to know everything, but just be there, be interested as well. You know, and I think it won't hurt to be honest yeah. and connect with them as well. They're, everyone seems to be on LinkedIn anyway, like all the directors and um, other architects as well. So just build your network. It will, it will certainly help in the long yeah. run as well yeah it's the network's one of these things that well, if mm. you asked me 10 years ago especially before doing a sales job what's the importance of a network i would have just told you eileen i'm, I'm too busy doing my architecture yeah. to care enough about a, a blooming network and but now having been working for 10 12 years it's never a bad thing right mm. And even to the point where when you are an architectural professional, if you do have a network with clients or whatever, you're always, if you, the more and more chances of knowing people or you can bring in work, you're making your life easier for each other, for yourself. Mm. A network, I mean, that's the truth. If a practice knows, is aware of you and then you're looking for a job, I mean, sometimes the job comes to you. And that's quite normal as well. Later in your career, you don't have to um, look at job boards anymore. As much as I'd love for you to go on my website or Eileen's website, you don't have to anymore because you build up that network and the opportunities come to you. That takes time though. And, mm. and, and if it helps, okay, while well, I'm not doing architecture anymore, my parents didn't come from an architecture background. I, no one knew me. And that's why at the start, you're going to have to use the job boards. You're going to, especially if you haven't developed your network, you're going to have to, you know, basically, oh, what's the word I was going to say? Like, let's sort through all the junk out there to find the jobs and, and kiss a lot of frogs, really. But it is, it, it is possible. And actually... Um, I can be even harder actually and this is one bit maybe we can talk about before because I know we're going to wrap up in an hour and all this stuff but like um, it's, I think it's even more difficult looking for jobs especially if you're like an overseas architect if you haven't worked in the UK because yeah. there's there's the whole other aspect which we haven't mentioned to now of visas is what I was going to um, does a, can a company sponsor or not it's on the company website mm -hmm. and a lot of employers are not sure on that and I think that would be my top tip to employers is to 
and put that on the website. But what I was going to say as well, Eileen, is that when I've done career coaching with a lot of candidates, um, which is something I do do on a one-to-one session, not a huge amount of time, but you know, if, if people want a session, I can do it. And it comes up a lot talking about visas. And what I always say is it's better to like tackle it head on. So say yeah. now in your applications, I think it's really good to mention what visa you need take ownership of the problem and so that the employer is fully aware you know how to deal with it you know you've got your um you've got your immigration lawyer ready and all this stuff and then it kind of debunks it well i think it's good to bring up if you're a job seeker the visa at the front because then the employer knows and you know it's not an anti-climax at the end but also i think that employers need to start saying on their websites and stuff if they they if they are able to sponsor mm. because that helps denoise the process i mean what's your thoughts about overseas architectural professionals getting a job in the uk guys tough because <laughs> brutal. You, it is it is absolutely brutal because I think a lot of people might not be aware that even if you're an architect, you can't call yourself an architect unless you are registered with the ARB. So you would have to change your job title to potentially like an architectural designer. Um, Then a lot of companies want UK experience. How do you get UK experience if you can't (laughs) find a job? So you might have to do a contract job for a little while. Maybe yeah. go down the, maybe you've got really good technical skills, then I would definitely definitely say try and just get a job just helping out with drawings as well because there are a lot of contract positions out, you know. And then once you've got one or two things, chuck them onto your um, CV and portfolio, show that you have got that experience. But, yeah, you're right, it is really tough. Um, I spoke to someone the other day as well and it's just really heartbreaking because I know that I'm sure they're super, super talented, but just getting that first proper job, you know, it's, it's hard. And I think it's even harder for them than for anyone yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that mm. if for anyone that is, cause I speak to a few um, overseas architects, probably like five to 10 a week. And you know, this from mm. working in recruitment. Yeah. And in essence, now I try to give them some information to, to kind of carry on with their search. Mm. However, it's pretty much like we talked about a graduate. I think like a, an overseas professional, when they come to the UK, they've just got to like smack their CV and portfolio mm. out there to as many places as possible. And like you said, be open to contract jobs. And I do yeah. think you, as you literally word for word, as you said, I think that tech can be an advantage to play into yeah. that. So crazy question and then you can you can ask me a bunch of questions um because i'm on this linkedin creators course and i know you you hate me for asking this but also hopefully you you love me for my honesty is um i've got to talk about the metaverse and um i i wonder do you see job boards in the metaverse i personally don't yet so i'll show you what i think and tell me what you think i don't know yet Okay, I'm starting to see architecture in the metaverse. I'm st- I'm not seeing a job board for architecture in the metaverse. I don't I, I don't know if there's architecture um architecture job boards in the metaverse. But what I could see it working well for is virtual meetings or career fairs or something like that. So Eileen what do you think about the metaverse or can you think steve i can't even deal with that right now dude i'm dealing with the real world 
I'm dealing with arc jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I find it really weird, to be honest. I'm, I, I'm still not really sure what to think about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. And to be honest, I can't see how a job board would fit into that just yet because I think job boards are when people just scroll through their phone on the way home maybe or just on the weekend have a quick look you know Mm. um and it's not because you normally don't really ask anyone about like oh is this all right because it's something quite personal isn't it to send your applications so um but no I think you're right with the events that could be really good to be honest because yeah, why not? People don't have to go there. It's probably better than a Zoom meeting or something like that. It's a lot more uh, interactive, isn't it? Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, it's a, it's a funny one to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm not not sold on the. You're not. You're not. Con- you're not convinced. <laughs> what What about having an interview in the metaverse? Maybe that could happen. I'm sure it will happen, but I just know that how nervous people get just having a Zoom call, you know. Yeah, true. And, or Teams thing, you know, that's already stressful. And I think it's quite nice if you're if you, with an architecture as well that you can just show your portfolio as well. And I'm yeah. all about actually going there. You can see the office. You can meet people as well. You can see mm. if the commute is fine or not. It might be absolutely terrible but you won't know if you do it online um it's also a lot easier just to read someone's body language and you know that people won't switch off well i hope so um because i think a lot of people don't even turn off their camera so you don't even know who you're talking to (laughs) um yeah so i'm all about face-to-face meetings old school (laughs) yeah you're not interested in the matrix just yet we gotta win you over a bit you got to win you over. Maybe, so, yeah. <laughs> so now's your turn. You, I, I ambush you with the metaverse question, which I agree was difficult because even though I'm not too sure of the answer. Um, do you have any questions for me? Of It can be one or two or none. It could be whatever you want. Or just really. in general or about yeah. the metaverse? In general. So, in general. What mm. would be your um, your tip for any job seekers right now do you think if anyone wants to find a job before the end of the year do you think it's already too late or do you think now is like the last chance really to send out applications and doing that yeah good question and and see what you think i think that you should you should always apply whenever you're applying anyways i used to get a lot of questions like um oh it's friday afternoon should i send my cv and i would be like dude just send your CV because the moment you go in that games of like, I hear that Tuesday at 11 o'clock is the optimum time. So I'm going to hold back my CV for three days. I'm just kind of like, just send it anyways. I, I can see how like things will get overlooked on a Friday afternoon. But generally, if the, oh, the pen's going. Generally, okay. if like the, no, sorry, right, don't worry. But like if the, if the CV in portfolio is good, right? Your chances are you'll get called. Okay, there are some things like um, an inbox can be overwhelmed, mm. but generally, if there's a candidate shortage in the company that they're really hiring, someone's looking in that inbox. And if your CV and portfolio is good, if you send it three o'clock on a Friday, it, you're going to get an interview anyways. And I think the same applies in November. I think you should definitely look now. I just think perhaps 
still send things, um, mm -hmm. but manage your expectations. As for example, if you apply the first or second week of December, you might not hear back because everyone wants to get pissed down the pub. Sorry, I suppose want to get you know down the pub. They want to wind down for Christmas in recruitment. I don't know about you, but December was always tougher for me because mm. um, some of my clients were like, ah, we'll interview in the new year. And I'd be like, well, can we do it now, please? So I don't get sacked or whatever. <laughs> but so um, you might get, um, it might happen in the new year, but why not follow up? Why can't you send your CV in December and then be like, hey, um, happy new year, just following up to see where things are at. And by the way, I've added two new technical slides to my portfolio look forward to hearing from you there's mm. no harm in sending it in december and following up in january i i don't have the factual um figures for this but my guess anecdotally having worked in architectural recruitment for years is that 90 percent or maybe 95 percent of people don't follow up and even mm. then the ones that do probably follow up once and then don't do it again and i think that as long as you're polite you can be persistent that's the key no one likes someone nagging who's rude like excuse me hello where's my reply no one likes that but there's nothing wrong with going hey just so that you know i've updated my portfolio i know you probably got a lot of things going on is there any vac vacancies at the moment that um i might be suitable for look forward to hearing from you that's nice you know and people can say no back to you and then if they say no no problem always go for the no's and be happy if you get an interview um mm. does that is that useful for you like uh thoughts yeah no because i think um it depends what people's ex expectations are. If they think they want to start the new year with a new job, I think could be a bit tight right now because if you think about the whole process of sending out CVs and then the praxis looking at them, setting up interviews, then you might have two to three stages potentially. And then people like, and then we're probably already like in December and then people are going holiday. Nobody wants to make a decision on anything and then just say, right, we're just wrapping up for the year. And I always thought like at the end, like after mid-December, things go so quiet because with holidays and everything else. So um, I think depends what people want some practices are like yeah go 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 we're just going to sort this out and then happy new year you know like you'll start with us if not usually like the first week of december uh, jan it's usually quite busy isn't it with um yeah. people coming back to the office setting up interviews as well um but yeah i think you're right when if someone as a recruiter you and i you know um when 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 you see a good cv in a portfolio you know straight away like you can see it isn't it you like this is like perfect yeah you, it's you like just get, stands you, out yeah you're gonna reply or, or yeah. you're insane and you won't have your job for long as a recruiter or <laughs> or as i mean sometimes practices overlook things or sometimes what mm -hmm. i see happening is like there's no need for that role and then suddenly the hiring manager goes uh or the one of the directors goes we need a bin manager and then you go through the inbox and like hey are you still available and generally if someone's good they're gone that's the truth right yeah. um but yeah it does happen maybe last question before we wrap up with things do you have one more for me um 
Do you do you recommend using a recruiter or not? Oh. Or when do you think that someone should use a recruiter? <laughs> I sigh to that one because I have mixed <laughs> thoughts about it. I am a recruiter. So I, I'll go back to it. I'll expand on what I said earlier. Yes yeah. and no. I think that they can really help with the search, but they're also, it's, it's, it's a human process. I would be, I would be, it would be unfair for me to judge all recruiters. I think you've got a lot of amazing recruiters. My father mm. actually calls recruitment, and which I mean, a necessary evil, right? That's my father's description of it because he's like, oh, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to find people. <laughs> and so that's his description on, on, on recruitment consultants. And I think that recruiters are sometimes have got a bad rap because they we bring it on ourselves, okay? It, it, not everyone that comes into architecture recruitment cares about architecture. You do get pushy recruiters. You do get recruiters which, you know, don't follow up, do all this kind of naughty stuff. You've got some recruiters that do illegal stuff like not using GDPR. But for every mm. bad recruiter, I think you get a good recruiter. And I think I liken it like estate agencies. Um, like I've had an estate agent before, which was amazing. And if I was ever in Manchester, I'd go for my emails and get her back because she was so good, really fair, really helpful. And I've also had a lot of cowboy estate agents where I'm like, this dude just wanted to rip me off from the get-go, right? And I think in recruitment, you, unfortunately, because it's the level of sales role, it comes to that. So I always say, yes, use recruiters. Like we talked about, if you're a grad, just use the advice we've mm. done. If you favor in your career, Yes, use you use a recruiter, but I think you should judge recruiters. You should you should review you should check out if you want to use the recruiter, check out their reviews online if they have any, check out who they are, check out their background. Maybe don't read into it too much if they've studied architecture or not, because I've managed on my recruitment team before good recruiters who are not from architecture. But you do want to kind of test if they give oh, I was gonna say if they give a you know what I mean? Like, because if they do care, then that helps a lot. And and generally, the service will be reflected on it. I tell you what, though, because right now it's just me in the architecture social. And one thing that I am guilty on that I'm trying to work on, and it's kind of getting there, but not fully, because I need to hire someone. And I had a confession with you before that actually I, I sometimes do not get, well, I do not get back to everyone that I want to get back to. And so I'm aware of that, working on it. Um, I try to be as honest as possible. I say, sorry, I haven't got back to you. I'm overwhelmed. I, I don't try to make excuses because there's no point, right? But I guess that's what I'm saying. That's the my negative at the moment. My pros is X, Y, Z. Uh, you know, and you have to weigh up um, who you want to work with. And as well, I don't, I, I don't, what I've learned last, last, last rant when I'm here is that I believe that in recruitment, you can't push people into jobs mm. uh, or you can. And then they usually, it doesn't work out. And yeah. I think that a good recruiter will let you make your own decisions, but also help you out. So gone are the days where I don't know what recruitment environment you were in, but I've, I've been in the offices before where it's like, tell them this, tell them that, get them the sign, do this, do that. And I just think now I go for the no. So I say, look, if you're not interested in the interview or the job, just let me know. It's fine. And 
And then my jobs become easier for it because you're not pushing people in the roles. You let them think what mm. they want to do and they carry on. So roundabout answer, you should use recruiters favoring your career, but review your recruiters. Do your due diligence on them and have a conversation and think about, is this someone I want to work with? And if it is, fantastic. Um, oh, probably the last thing is, don't use too many recruiters um, because I think then that's disengaged. This, it's not as exciting for the recruiter because if they think you're working with everyone, they're like, oh, I won't give that much time on him. Yeah. Um, so pick your recruiters and maybe work with two or three or one for a period of time. You know, you can do that. Give me or you like a week or whatever. But then after that, if it doesn't feel like it's working out, maybe expand it to two or three more but no more than that because, and also you're going to stress yourself out job seeking, having lots of calls and people pushing you everywhere. I don't think is really pleasant. I mean, what's your thoughts on that before we wrap up? I definitely think, yeah, don't work with more than three, maybe even just two tops. If not, it's such a headache. Um, yeah. And I think, you you don't just because you spoke to someone to one recruiter doesn't mean that you need to work with them if you don't gel with them then it's absolutely fine you know it's completely up to you um you can say thank you very much but uh, no thank you <laughs> because exactly. um it's up to you as well and i think it's always good like if you have a your first conversation with a recruiter if they take the time to listen to you and ask questions and probably you talk more than the recruiter, then that's a good sign that they're actually trying to understand what you're looking for. And then they're able to kind of say, okay, what you've just said, I think you could be really good for this company, for example. And this is why. So just listen and mm. talk. And then hopefully, um, again, I'm not a huge fan of a recruiter sending out your CV to every single practice they know um, should be a lot <laughs> better than that. Um, yes. And obviously you just know where your details go to. Yes. And don't just say like, just send them anywhere because um, yeah, that's a, a nightmare. And I don't think that any other recruiter would want to work with you because it's going to look really bad on everyone. <laughs> yeah. The amount of times that's happened, I've always, um, you should always find out where your CV is gone and yeah. don't let people manipulate you into sending your CV elsewhere. And you'd be amazed how many mm. times I found that GDPR's broke and, and most people are okay with it. And I'm like, dude, you should not be okay with your, mm. your, your, your CV going halfway across London. That's not yeah. a good look for you or anyone. But anyways, we'll bring it back to where we started. So we've kind of gone around and covered a lot of really good ground. So I thank you so much, Eileen here. On this note, I'm gonna loop it back around to where we started. So I think that Arc Jobs is a really good, um, it's a really good creation. So thank you for spending time on a kindred mission, kindred souls, at uncovering the culture of architecture practices and posting those jobs which are more easily accessible. So on that note, uh, where can people find you, Eileen? They can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's Eileen Round. And then obviously, that's pro probably it, actually. I don't really have that many other things. I've got Twitter, but I don't really use that. LinkedIn's Probably the one. not the best. It's, it is the one, especially if you're a recruiter. <laughs> That's where you live on. 
I think yeah. so. So check out um, check out ArcJobs, uk, and you can also find some good guides on ArcJobs as well as the jobs. And you can also find some guides that you've written for me on the architecturesocial.com. So on that note, I'm going to end the um, live stream here. Thank you so much, everyone. Eileen, I have to get you back on soon so we can rant more about the architecture industry. But in the meantime, thank you so much. I'll end the live stream here. But stay on the stage, Eileen. Don't press anything. See you guys Bye. soon. Take care. Bye.